Welcome to the Startup Business Q&A podcast with Richard Moore. Hello and welcome to Startup Business Q&A episode 162, week 162. Uh, This week we're talking about persuasion technique in sales. So thank you very much everyone who decided to vote uh, this week and also who voted specifically for this one. Uh, It just pipped uh, the other uh, couple of um, options and I think the other one was uh, positioning. So I'm sure that will come up again soon, but I'm marvellous to see this one come up. It's one of the first times we've covered this one specifically. So thank you everyone who uh, got involved there. I've got a few questions today I want to jump into and I'm uh, thrilled that so many people are keen on this topic. It was uh, it's always wonderful to do a poll on a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I do this on Facebook, by the way, so if you follow me there, you'll be able to see them. Uh, and uh, interesting to see how keen some people are to, to check that one out. So I'm very uh, excited about this one today. Hello, everyone, and how are you all? Uh, thank you very much for watching. Um, put in the comments, hashtag Team Live, if you're watching live, or hashtag Team Replay. Also, pop in where you're watching from. And also, I'm interested in what your big thing is this week. What is it you're working on this week? Uh, Juliana17, nice to see you on uh, Instagram as Bodkin as well. Uh, good to see you here. Mega Pathak too. Um, let us all know where you're watching from right now. Uh, should be live on LinkedIn and on Facebook and of course on Instagram as well. Those of you watching the replay, if you want, you can also listen to the replay on the um, podcast. So if you go to therichardmore.com or just search for me as usual, the usual places. So, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes and so on, it's all there for you. So um, I've just done the housekeeping. Hello, Christine, Christine Robinson on Facebook. Hello, Vin Gordon as well. Nice to see you both here. And we'll get started in a second. I'm just gonna check that we are live on uh, LinkedIn. Make sure that that's caught up. Last week was fun. I was in the kind of the forests in the east of Belgium. There's a lovely holiday park there and my family was with me, so it was marvellous. But the downside is the Wi-Fi wasn't great. So I was trying to cram all this HD video down um, down this uh, very weak bandwidth and uh, it wasn't working. Um, so in the end, we ended up just doing a bit of a sketchy Facebook Half t- half an hour show, and I posted it after that. Uh, Vin, you're watching from Atlanta, marvellous, and um, thank you very much uh, for tuning in there. It should, it should be nice and early where you are. Um, if anyone's able to check on LinkedIn, let me know if it is live. If you're able to do that, would be really kind. Uh, I'm unable to see at this stage if it's actually working, because who knows, uh, with LinkedIn and uh, with, we- with Restream, it looks like it should be streaming fine okay, so I'd like to know if it is, but uh, let me know if you can see anyone. Um, let's get into, uh, oh, just saying hi to other people. So Ambrose Flip, you're here. Space Nizam, you're here as too. Uh, uh, Dohadia Mon- Monheel. Uh, Suarez Neon Man. Um, I'm really sorry about the names. I'm really rubbish with them. And George Hughes is watching on Facebook as well. Hopefully we will watch, we're streaming live on LinkedIn. Let me know anyone if you're able to just hop over and check if it's actually streaming there because I can't see it yet. Let's go into the first questions and just to be clear we're doing persuasion technique in sales. So if you want to ask me any questions about that pop it into the uh, comments below and I'll try and answer your question for you. I'm just checking over here because I have a monitor for LinkedIn as well as uh, right here uh, with me on my laptop. So first question from Lee Lam has said great 
because she's excited to be doing this topic. My question is around the link between building a good relationship and persuasion techniques. Would you build in persuasion techniques as you are building the relationship so it doesn't change the dynamic of the rapport? Thank you. Now, um, this is a really good question. And the reason why you've got to understand is that you are already um, building your uh, persuasion techniques in if you are focused on just building relationships and just building the rapport itself. That in and of itself is innately good persuasion technique. It's so important people understand this because what people worry about is that there's relationships over here and then there's selling over here. And they are one and the same. That's the way you need to look at it. I'm, I'm kind of uh, multitasking somewhat here because I'm answering your question whilst checking that we're live on LinkedIn because it doesn't want to work. But there we go. So I'm try let's try again. So, so what's important to understand is there's a massive um, uh, gulf or group of people rather who think there's this gulf between relationship building and, um, and focusing on, on kind of selling. That's not the way it is, especially nowadays as well. We're live on LinkedIn, finally it woke up, thank you. Um, but what you need to understand here, Lee, is that the, the way you, you look at it is if you are connecting with people, uh, if you're vibing with them, if you're on the level with them, if you are on their wavelength, if they are, you know, if you, you can feel it innately as a, as a grown-up, you, you, you know, you tend to be quite good at this by now. It's the same as the offline world, right? If you are if you are meeting someone at a bar or a pub, you can just tell if things are popping and you're getting on. If you've got that, your persuasion technique is good. Because 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 what you've got is the beginnings of what you need in order to be persuading someone, which is the beginnings of receptivity. So you've got to look at it like, like this. Some element of rapport builds comfort around people talking with you, which turned, this seems like I'm a broken record because I've mentioned this a lot recently, but it makes you very, very um, compelling to someone because you start being a person they would, they feel innately, this is just subliminally or subconsciously, they're feeling they trust you. And as a result, their receptivity peaks. Now, when someone's receptivity is peaked, because they're interested in you, because they get on with you, because you're just a good person to hang out with, your ability to persuade is now working, or is now in place. You cannot persuade if someone doesn't want you to persuade them. It's, there's a term for it, which is called um, giving someone the benefit of the doubt. If I really, really, really like someone, and I really think they're amazing, when they do something wrong, I forgive them up here for it. If there's someone conversing I don't like much, I don't get on with, and I feel is a bit untrustworthy, a bit dodgy, then when they do something wrong or slip up, I'll use that as a reason to pull out and not be interested in them. So persuasion starts with someone feeling cool with you. It's so important. They have to feel cool with you. And so that's why people often say, and rightly so, the first few seconds matter because sorry, we're humans. And what happens with human beings is that within the first few seconds of interacting with people, they will um, make a subconscious judgment. Whether you, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. That's just what what happens. How humans are wired. Make a judgment on what you're like and whether or not they want to trust you. And of course, that judgment can be evolved and changed, change directions on. But in the main, they're making some kind of a sense of of who you are and whether or not they want to engage further. Now, that's important to understand because first impressions do count. And um, superficially, you need to come across as someone who is fairly credible. So.
there's a number of ways of doing this and we need to think about is what kind of value are you going to give this person so like that um uh know who we are or anything like that it doesn't work because you are you aren't entitled to be social with someone what you need to do instead is understand that there's an alternative type of value if you like there's the social and emotional value where you're valuable to someone on, on a, you know, on, a, on an emotional level. You're fun and, you know, they think you're humorous maybe or they just get on with you or whatever it is. But then there's value on a practical or even business level. This kind of more um, practical level of, of value will be simple things along the lines of how you can help that person win in a business setting. And that or from that is where you can breed your social value and in what i mean is that if you suggest or show someone how you can help them and give them value and wins in a business or, or practical setting they will naturally want to like you more which helps of course because ultimately that's what you'll need to get your persuadability levels to the to kind of the height needed to close a deal for instance so if we um, if we think about this we need to be looking at how to um, we need to look at how to understand how to build a relationship, which is the basics, listening to people, encouraging conversation. This is one of the things that has dropped the most in selling technique and in persuading technique is there's not enough nudging along of conversations. It's important to kind of say, you know, I mean, what do you think about this? Or does that make sense? Just getting movement and momentum in the sense of them making noises at you, a two way thing is a conversation, right? So we want to get this person engaging back at us. So constant encouragement to naturalize the person you're speaking to to engaging with you as well and ideally you're, you're kind of interviewing them you're you're asking them questions save yourself i know you want to indulge and talk about you but you've got to save yourself and talk more about them first they want to be you know they will warm to you that way because they're talking about things they feel comfortable with so if i think about any consulting call i have or any time i engage with someone new i'm always keen to flip the conversation to them tell me about how you got here you know what's your uh, recent one i had what's your trajectory to get you to where we are today i mean what what's been the climb what how what did you do before this or whatever it might be whenever i'm tomorrow i'm in london consulting when, when I, i'm going to be, be meeting a new person uh who's who's kind of starting in, in a sales team there and one of the first things i'll be doing is asking so you know tell me about about what you're like and you know how you got here and what you, what you did in the previous job because it allows them to get comfortable and start talking i need i need movement in my direction firstly i'm fueling my subconscious my brain and giving it a, a bit of a sense of who this person is so i know how to react but secondly i'm giving myself things to talk about that they'll be interested in because it's stuff based on them so massively all in on talking about that person is so important that's your beginnings of a relationship and your ability to persuade i'm just going to recap your ability to persuade now is massive because they're leaning into you the receptivity is up because they feel good because they get to hear from you do you see what i mean so it's very important to understand that if you get someone feeling good about the connection and conversation with you feeling comfortable that trust that receptivity allows you to persuade them more and the bigger the ask you need to 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 kind of throw at this person the more you know someone needs to feel persuaded that you are cool to work with and so to go from zero to closing a deal for multiple thousands of, of quid, for example, after, say, half an hour on a phone call, relies massively on that person buying into me. 
So I'm constantly trying to sense, you know, is this person generally feeling good about talking to me? Forget scripts and structures, your intuition at this point is huge. And people are thinking probably, you know, this is about persuasion, Richard. I'm looking for, you know, the, the practical hacks. What do I say to be persuasive? It all starts with focusing on the person in front of you. Do they genuinely rate you? Do they, do they dig you? Do they think you're a good guy? And if I think about the sales I do and the consulting I do, it's typically with people I know, like, regard me well, right? And the reason why is because my ability to say, shall we do this then at this price or whatever is is going to get well, I can always say it, but I will get a get result I want because I've got this platform of them feeling I'm leaning in towards Richard. I want to work with Richard. It's far more important to focus on that relationship. But the point I, the aside I made a moment ago was very simply, if you don't feel that you have the the kind of the social level rapport to begin with, because maybe this person's quite cold, a cold lead, for example, focus big on the practical value for them first. So don't chat about your history. Don't talk about how marvelous your company or product is. Tell them about how they can win, how they can win. How does that sound? So it's a really good question to have a distinction between the social and emotional style value and then the the practical and and uh, business-like value on the other side. Okay, so uh, I just want to do some shout-outs here. Jesper, can't wait to listen to the replay of this team. Replay, keep it up. You're awesome. Loved your LinkedIn post on sales coaches. Thank you. Yes, uh, that went down really well, actually. It was a post about the reasons why, five reasons why you should, I think the exact wording was why you're crazy if you don't have a sales coach. Perhaps I'm a bit biased, but they were all right. They were all correct, those points, in my opinion. So you can check that out on LinkedIn. Let's see what's going on LinkedIn over here. I'm just going to make sure the sound is off. Yes, it is. Uh, and also on Instagram, Juliana17, how do you use persuasion to persuade vendors to get spaces at, ven at festivals? Again, it's the same kind of thing. You know, in 2019, people get games all the time, Juliana. What matters is that person is into you more. So it, rather than working across as many different people as you can, work with a small number of people and get in front of them. I remember when I was building um, a desk in a um, recruitment business, by building a get desk, I mean, it was building a, a kind of a sector with new, a new bunch of clients. And rather than seeing people, every person I spoke to had an engagement with uh, via Skype, or if they're in London, I went to see them. So as far as is possible, you know, one of the biggest hacks is to get the human in there so they feel like you're a great person. You know, this is, this is one of your big takeaways from today, all of you. In a world where people get spammed all the time, and there's a sense that it's just bots behind, or at least a lack of personalization of messages, is everything to get the human in front of the prospect. And that can be done in one of two very powerful ways right now, in September, what crazy already, September 2019, there are, there are two really big ways that are, are, are a great way to do that. One is video chat. One is just video in general, because the person watching or consuming that will have much more, this is the subconscious, will have much more of a sense of you. So video is also, you know, the same as in person, if you like. They're getting the person, not just the voice, that you're allowing the other senses to feel what you're about. It is insanity to rely on text only when you have all the dynamics and expression that come with video, for instance. 
and it stuns me when I visit companies and that it's like, yeah, we target London businesses and they haven't visited any. And it's like the five doors up the road or something and, and you're calling them, visit people, get in front of people because it's, it's not just because, well, people say, well, people buy people and, and you know, you get on better and an offline world is better. Yeah, but look at the mechanics. The reason why is because we want to trust the person. Innately, a human needs to trust a human before they buy or allow themselves to be persuaded by them. And it is that. They have to allow themselves to be persuaded by them. Okay? So in order for that to be accelerated, you need to feed them trustworthy stuff, such as see the person, hear the person, feel the dynamics, see what they're actually like. The reason why I don't post in text the answers to all of these questions is really simple. If I do a live stream, then those that consume it get more of a sense of what Richard Moore is like. That's why the best copywriter in the world cannot beat video, someone who's half decent on video, because yes, you can get good tone across, and yes, you can be fairly dynamic with your prose and your punctuation, good for you, but you can't beat all of the, all the little nuances that come through on video. And the second thing you should be thinking about as well is voice memos. So in the DMs for persuading people, the same for you, Juliana, if you have repeat businesses for festivals, and you can DM me about this, we can speak a bit more, but if people who maybe repeat customers, don't send them the message on a DM, you know, like text them on, on, a, on, a, on a messenger, use voice. The reason why is you're now leveraging human curiosity as well as the fact it's dynamic and they can hear your voice and the tone and the intent and the, all of that is coming through in voice that won't come through in text. And we can be fairly good with text, we can add emojis and that kind of thing, right? I'm a fan of emojis these days. But what's important is that with, with voice, not only are you expressive by a light year over text, but the curiosity is there. If you want to be persuaded, if you want someone to listen to you or engage with your, your, uh, your, you know, your, your approach to them, Chucking a voice memo, because people can't, they can't help themselves. Is there, if there's that little triangle, the play button, and the little line with the slider, and it's sitting there in their inbox, it's just there, just for them, produced just for them, they have to click on it. Now they're hearing your voice. And probably a quarter of, of the times when I do this to someone, that the response is often a, a voice message back. Wow, I didn't know we'd, there was this feature. Or wow, this is the first voice message I've ever heard. Or, or wow, I hear this one a lot. Um, uh, it's so nice to hear a voice. What a lovely way of doing it. I really feel like I, I, I have a feel of who you are now. If people say it out loud, it's because it matters to do it that way. So hopefully that helps, uh, Juliana. It's, um, it's the same for everywhere, but to persuade vendors to get spaces at festivals, they've got to want to be at your festival. So sure, on a practical value level, it's have you got the demographic? Have you got the foot traffic? What kind of prime space are they going to get? Why should they go? I mean, what's the win for them? Are they, are they going to be absolutely stacked all day? And do they like you? Because for everyone who nails the practical value side of the pitch, there'll be, you know, there'll be plenty of people who can't get the social level right. So if you're the one they get on with, they'll defer to your festival. And, you know, proof of that in me doing it, for instance, is with my events, People will fly across the US, for instance, to my events. They will fly over other networking events they could go to, bypass them all and go to my one, because there's something deeper than just, well, we get to network with people who are like-minded. It's as far as things like, 
but I like Richard's vibe and I get on with Richard. And you know, do you see what I mean? So it's that kind of thing as well. You need, this is, this has always been true in sales that you have to connect with the person as in you need to get on with them to lubricate the deal. However, it has never been more important than now because people get gamed and people don't like being gamed and people want to, you know, watch themselves in terms of, no one basically wants to be taken for a ride. So transparency comes from you directly and it has to be led uh, by you. Not fancy sales chat instead, hope that helps. Uh, Ikara Naki Nayaka, nice to see you being Diana is here as well, good to see you from Melbourne. Rich Cardona Media, good to see you, good to see you this month. Yes, I will be seeing you in Miami. Um, just let you know a couple of announcements on events whilst we're talking about them as well. Uh, the 18th of September, I'm in Barcelona for Entrepreneur Business Live Barcelona. On the 26th, I'm in Miami, Entrepreneur Business Live in Miami as well. So very excited about that. Some great speakers. You can check out my website, The Richard Moore, for more information. We will be streaming, as always, the, the speakers, the first hour uh, for both events in the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook. So if you search Entrepreneur Business Group, you'll see it there. Um, and uh, a couple of comments here on Instagram. Rich uh, Cardona has said, uh, people like to discuss themselves because not enough people ask. Quite right. They're quite right. It's stunning how someone's selling something that's meant to help the other person likes to talk about themselves and by extension their product. Don't talk about your product. Talk about how it can help people. It's a big difference. Talk about the outcome, the feeling, the win for the person who might buy it from you. Don't talk about what it is. Talk about the outcome. The perfect example of it is the saying is, you know, you don't sell a hammer. Okay, and a hammer and a nail, you sell a nail, you sell a, you sell a hook in the wall, or you sell a hole in the wall, or whatever the term is, you know, you, you, you're not selling um, wire for hanging a picture, you're selling the feeling of seeing a picture on the wall, it's, you know, you're selling that outcome as well, that's a really good point, uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, Carolina Mankowski, who is a, a Massage by Pros, one of our sponsors from Miami, you're watching uh, from Florida, thanks very much, I hope you lot over there are okay with the old... Um, uh, with, uh, what is it, Hurricane Dorian. Um, Christine Robinson from, uh, from New York. What do you do when there's no time or context for relationship building just to snag the lead interest in a few minutes? Right, I mean, let's be honest. This isn't always ideal to play the long game. Okay, it's not always ideal. So what you need to be thinking is, if I can't play the long game, warm people up, and I could, personally, I'll hold my breath forever because, because it's, it's about, you know, ultimately getting the deal when it feels right for everyone. So what I will do is, is say like, you know what, if it's, uh, if it's four months, no problem. Build the relationship till then. And, and in this case, it, the reality is for startups and for entrepreneurs, right? If you're broke, you don't have four months, you need cash this week. So, you know, it has to be intense, Christine. What, what I would suggest in those instances, and I know with authority because I've done it, is it's intense messaging. The messaging still needs to start. What I mean by messaging is, is basically being one-on-one -on -one with someone. So, so DMing works. It works really well. I've done it for years on Facebook and on, in, on LinkedIn. Um, it is building still a bit of rapport and a relationship. If you, the bigger the ticket sale, the more you need that person bought into you. Um, and then you're looking, for, looking to share hard quality value on a practical level. And often that takes the form of 
other people advocating for you. So maybe you might bring in other people who you've served in the past, as an example. Practical value is the wins for the, pe for the person you're approaching. And sometimes you just have to be out up front and say, look, I, I, you know, I, I really feel I can help you with X that we've been discussing for the last six minutes. Um, you know, would you like to explore how I've done it with this person and serve this person and achieve this with them? Because that will certainly help this, you know, and would you like to explore is such a solid term because everyone always says yes to it, you see. And um, that's a really good point. But you've got to, you do not, if you have no time, you don't lead. Sorry, I just got something. You don't lead with, um, you absolutely don't lead with, with just trying to get social rapport because you're hoping you can leverage them liking you. It doesn't really work. It's far more effective to focus on giving someone something valuable that's going to help someone instead. Okay, and that's the practical level if you have short-term uh, uh, work in front of you. Um, let's look over to LinkedIn, see if anyone is uh, watching live. Looks like quite a few of you are. Um, so let's check that out in a minute. Um, and the next question, uh, so thank you very much for that, is Ginny LaMarie. So you've written, Richard, so you've warmed your prospects. They're receptive to you and your ideas and products. What's next? How do you persuade them to make the purchase or should the lead up to be enough for them to almost make the sales themselves? Let's be honest, let's be clear. The ideal sale is the one where people are like, this feels right, Richard, let's go ahead and do it. Or they approach you and they say, Richard, I've been you know, with you for some time, I've been feeling organically, so I don't say it these ways, but they're essentially saying, I've been organically sold by your stuff, uh, can, we, can we take things further? And um, you know, ideally you want someone to say, I wanna buy, please. Okay, that doesn't happen all the time, but the way to get there is to understand that you can warm up your prospects by a number of approaches, like saying great things, giving them good advice, giving them good content, being there consistently really goes a long way. Um, but if you think about what, what Ginny is asking here, what's next? How do you persuade them to make the purchase? One thing to think about is a concept called transference of ownership. And what transference of ownership is, is uh, it's a concept where you're moving from talking about how your product serves people to them talking about your product serving themselves. So talking now in for instance, what I might say is something works. I'm asking them things like if you were to use this, whatever it might be, um, you know, how might it look if you did this or, or who internally would be the person helping you achieve that or who would be the liaison point when the business comes through or something like that. And the response we're looking for is something akin to, okay, yeah, and so they're thinking now like, oh, uh, it would be probably this person who would look after it, or yeah, that would be the way I would work with it. Or I, I think the way we'd integrate your service, Richard, is by doing A, B, and C. That's so essential because what's happening up here, even before pen's gone to paper and contracts and transactions have happened, is that person has actually internally bought and used your product because they are doing a thing called simulating the future. If you read Richard Dawkins, um, he explains it a lot in, I uh, can't remember which book right now, but if you, one of his books, not The God Delusion, something else. Um, 
He talks about simulating the future, which is one of the very uh, one of the things that humans can do, which is we can picture and imagine what it would be like to do something, even if we're not or haven't. For instance, if I said to you all now, and I'm pretty much guessing that I'm right when I say this, if I said to you all, um, you know, imagine walking on the moon, you can pretty much imagine what it would be like. You haven't done it and you may be slightly inaccurate, but you can pretty much guess it. Your ability to simulate that in your head is very valuable for salespeople or those trying to persuade to leverage. So the technique I use is this thing called visualize, verbalize. And visualizing and verbalizing is really simple. If I, oh my gosh, I've got it wrong way around. Verbalize, visualize, sorry. So verbalize and visualize is really simple. If you say something out loud and describe something, verbalizing it, then the person you're speaking to will visualize it. They will picture it in their mind's eye. So if I say to you all now, and I want to give you, I want you to give me a, a thumbs up if this works. If I said to you all right now, picture a small, green, fluffy chick like a bird, not a woman, that's appalling, <laughs> a little bird, so a small green fluffy chick with a pink cowboy hat, okay, and water skis, to some degree you're all seeing that in your head right now. I've described something, which is why detail's important, specifics really sell, because it allows someone to really image it up here. You are naturally seeing it in your mind's eye. So give me a thumbs up if that's worked, because <laughs> it has. I know it has. So it's almost impossible to avoid. If I say, don't picture, in your mind right now, don't think about a rainbow, it's almost impossible to, to not do that, okay? So what I'm, what I'm saying is, when I say things and describe things, I'm helping that person visualize them. It's a very powerful uh, persuasion technique because that person is simulating it. Now, to simulate the future, in the words of Richard Dawkins, if I, if I am to um, describe or more, more effectively ask questions to invite that person to subconsciously explore what it would be like if they had ownership of the service or product, they are now feeling as though they already have it. They've gone past the pain of deciding if they're going to buy it. They've gone past the whole point about signing off and paying money. They're effectively using it in their head. They're imagining it. So it's a very important place to go with a customer. It's a very good way of persuading someone if you transfer ownership there. So it's a really good question, uh, Ginny. And this is a really good way of getting someone to talk out loud or say out loud how they feel about using your product, not about the product. I don't care if they, you know, things interesting or not. I care about them using it. It's much more use, useful for me because that's a point where they're, all, they're basically sold on it because they're using it in their head, if you see what I mean. Thumbs up if that worked. I hope that makes sense to you. Um, but it's a very good way of looking at it. So let's look at the question again. So you've warmed your prospects. They are receptive to your products and idea. What's next? Sometimes when your intuition is telling you, Ginny, do you know what? I, this person feels like they're, they're keen. Um, if you're shy, but you feel you're getting somewhere, just ask them, because you're scared of the rejection, I get it. Ask them something like, how do you see us working together? Now, this is a mindfulness and things like that, if you're offering that kind of, that you know what to do, rather than you asking them their opinion. Um, so you're approaching them as the consultant rather than the butler is important. 
still, it's a good idea sometimes to say, I mean, how, how do you see this working together? Because they might offer up to you, do you know what, I really think we should work together in this way, or I'd like to do it this way, or if there's some way which we could do this or that, that would help. And that can get you moving in the right direction. You say, well, here's, here's the proposition, and then go from there. But if you read Mark McCormick, who is the CEO of IMG, the sports agency, work with people like Jack Nicholson and so on, amazing book, What They Don't Teach You in Harvard Business School. You know, he's like, just ask. The candor that you, you use will cut through any of the, the, the kind of the gaming and you just simply say, what do you think about working together then? Or if you want, if you want to test if someone's, it's called a trial close, if you want to test if someone wants to buy from you, um, but you're not necessarily going to make a hard offer yet. You simply say, would you, would you like to explore what working together would look like? The answer is always yes, because if someone wants to explore it, it's not signing anything. So that, that are good terms you might want to try using. Let's have a look uh, over at LinkedIn that has, has decided to actually work, because I... You may or may not have realized halfway through this, I crashed my laptop somehow, and there we are. Uh, John Gray, you have a busy schedule. Yes, uh, Miami and, and Barcelona is actually quite a, kind of a quiet month. And then um, excited in October, which is the month of my birthday, just so you guys know, 8th of October. <laughs> um, I'm also in Milan for Digital Design Days. Um, so I'm going to be speaking about LinkedIn. 3,000 people are going to be there. It's a, a big focus on uh, creatives and digital design and so on of October, make sure you join for that as well. Uh, and Dino, amazing advice, Anthony English. Hi, Rene, I'm from down the road in Sydney. It's awesome to see people from all over the world here. Um, Rene, uh, hi, Anthony, down the road. Christine, over on LinkedIn now from both other channels as well. And uh, Mirav, Anthony English, hey, good morning and good night. 10.30pm, uh, Anthony, I'm loving that you're watching. Uh, we should probably do a call at some point. We never got around to that, did we? And uh, Chicks Can't Ski says, Christine Robinson, that's true, but have you ever tried it, to be fair? You don't know, um, to be honest. Emily Ann uh, Valilia, I think you've asked a question. Let's ask, answer yours right now. Richard, I just read this. So this is a quote from something that Emily Ann uh, Valilia has, has read. A persuasive sales conversation is really, at its root, about the exchange of value. What's the difference between value and benefits or is there a difference well let's be honest let's be honest, i keep saying it let's be clear about this this is my opinion it's my show in my opinion there actually doesn't need to be any difference between benefits and value there doesn't but the thing you must understand is that the common mistake is to is for someone trying to persuade listing what they feel to what the actual benefits are to the prospect value and benefits are the same thing in many ways and what they really are is from the perspective of the person you're selling to what do they feel the benefits are to them what do they feel the value is to them i feel there's a beautiful word that encapsulates both benefits and value in their kind of subjective form for the for the prospect and also helps the salesperson really understand how to attack a you know, positively a, uh, a sale. And it's the word win. It's the wins for the prospect. 
benefit doesn't seem to resonate as well with me when I'm selling. But if I think to think about what the wins are for the prospect, it gets me a bit more charged about helping them out. The key wins you must always understand. And if you look at why you've bought anything ever, from a handbag, to an iPhone, to a car, to a pencil, to a bottle of San Pellegrino, there is a number of reasons why you've bought it and they always reduce down to the same few things. Number one, to be innately how they will look good, which is an ego play, is one of the biggest, what well, is pretty much the top win, because that's how humans are built. Sorry, that's what people are like. And so superficially, people want to look good when they buy stuff. Not everyone, some aren't built that way so much, and some purchases don't require that to matter. A good example of this is my friend, who is an accountant in London. His firm has provided all of the employees, including him, with their own phone. So they can stay in touch with the office at all times, okay? Now, the phone they gave them was a Blackberry. So when he hauls this thing out in 2019, we'll laugh out loud at him because, you know, it's not 2007 anymore when BlackBerry was ruling the world and just before the iPhone dropped. But now no one, no one has the BlackBerry, relatively speaking, because they're not cool. But his firm doesn't care because the firm doesn't have the BlackBerry, it's their staff. The BlackBerrys probably gave them uh, one of the other wins, which is that they saved the money. So the top wins, just quickly run through, and the, the top win is you look good or look better is a status thing. Status matters. Second thing is you make money. Third thing is you save money. And this is not in order necessarily. And the fourth one, there are others, but really there are extent, uh, kind of variations, same thing. The fourth one is massively overlooked. And one of the most important ones in selling is convenience and saving time. So a reason why, for instance, you would go to a networking event or conference rather than visiting people individually is because it saves you time. And in fact, by extension, money, because you're not spending so much money visiting everyone. What I sell when I am selling my corporate sales consulting, so online and in businesses, such as in London tomorrow, I will be visiting a company and, and, and training a sales team. Um, I'm... Sure, I'm, I'm teaching them how to make more money for the business, but what I'm really selling them isn't just making more money. I'm also selling them their time back to themselves. The sales managers don't have time or the depth of knowledge, because it's my world and they have to do other things, to train a whole day of a week, okay? the company has to do other things. So I'm, if they had, if they wanted to get the same level of results as I can get for their sales team, they would have to go and find time out of thin air to, to train their team, they don't have it. So I'm selling them their time back in addition to helping them make money, you see. So look good, make money, save money and, and save time. These are four huge wins. And if you look at things in terms of how you are helping someone win on those terms, Obviously, you don't say you're going to look really good. I'll make you lots of money. But words, a bit more elegance to it. But, you know, suggesting those things implicitly is a really, really strong way of selling because this is the thing that people at their core genuinely want. Think about all your purchases. You don't buy a flashy car 
because it's gonna get you from A to B, you buy it for status reasons. No one buys a Ferrari because they need it for the shopping. They do it because it makes them look good. No one buys an iPhone 10. No one buys an iPhone 10 because, you know, they just need to be able to surf the internet a bit better and things like that. They buy it for status. No one buys the iMac. There's like two grand brushed aluminium, you know, laptop where you could buy a, one of these 500 quid uh, uh, HPs. Because, because, you know, they just want a laptop. They buy it because it's a statement of status as a creative and someone who has, you know, it's a luxury brand is Apple, okay? So you gotta understand what really is driving someone to buy something and then your persuadability will certainly increase. Um, so that helps a lot. And, and if you get that, you'll understand that there doesn't have to be a difference between value and benefits. It's all about what the wins are for them, really. So I hope that helps. It's a really good question. Colin jo Joseph's just jumped in here on Facebook. Hi, Richard. What kind of role does ego and status play when selling to physicians? Curious to hear your thoughts. Great topic, by the way. Thank you. So I work, for instance, with it. one of my clients um, uh, a while back worked with um, uh, doctors and people in healthcare. And in fact, there's one I'm, the one I'm seeing tomorrow works with, with lawyers. And it's interesting that they're very similar in many ways because there's a bit of ego in play here. Depends what you're selling to them, Colin. And if you look at um, one of the departments of the business I'm going to tomorrow, uh, they sell um, uh, events to, to, um, to lawyers and one of the products is in fact, a better a better example is is um, the books that they give. You know, the back wall in a lawyer's office filled with all these books, the who's who kind of books of top lawyers. They sell those profiles, right? So it's fascinating because what the per the the lawyer's really buying is the ego of. You know, it may or may not serve them that much. It probably is the case that people look through and go, "Ah, oh, he's the guy for the job." But they're also, if you think about it, like that lawyer will spend most of their time looking at their page, okay? That is, that, that's kind of the, the play. It, it would be interesting to hear uh, what you're selling to physicians would make a big difference here, but when you're selling to them, the question is, who are they, are they trying to impress? It may not be that they actually need to look good with your particular service or product. If it is, that you're the if you're selling biros, you know pens, they just don't care unless it's like a Mont Blanc or something like that, and you've got someone who's into status, and you find someone who's a phys physician who also has you know a Rolex and drives a, a Lexus or something like that. Fine, so selling the Mont Blanc pen, but but typically uh, some people are just buying things. It's like I just need the convenience. I, like, is this easy to buy? Does it tick the box? I need it to be a pen so I can take notes on my, on my clipboard. That's it there's no status or ego involved there, it's just, I need a pen. So that's about saving them time, uh, you know, and, and basically being super cheap and things like that, and saving them money and giving them a good enough reason why they should just use these pens. So reliability is the saving of time because you don't have to keep buying new pens because they break all the time, do you see what I mean? So that's why we buy, um, you know, that's why people will buy Durex condoms because they worry about all of the things going wrong with other ones and probably all the other brands are just as reliable, but that's the one they'll stick to because, you know, that's one that will, will cause them least hassle. So convenience is a big deal instead. It may well be, Colin, that that's the leverage point instead of ego. Again, it depends on what it is you're selling, for instance. Do you want to refresh here over on um, LinkedIn, see what's going on there? And let's answer another question. Jedi Hill, still winning as the best name in the world, Jedi. Uh, I love it. Uh, he's written, ooh, I love persuasion. 
What did you like best to grab and hold someone's attention from cold call or Facebook message? Um, look, I mean, the best way to grab attention is to have something that someone wants. And if you don't have something that people need, if you don't sell oxygen when there's no air, then you and you're selling something that maybe people aren't so fussed about, you have to go in with something that people are going to feel comfortable buying from. And the best way to cold call someone is to leverage someone they know that you've worked with before. Whenever I, 15 years ago, uh, when I was cold calling and selling internet marketing, I would find anyone we've worked with and I would look on their website, scour their website, press releases, anything, any mention of any company ever, and that company now got a call. Hi, I'm working with Mike Jones at this company. I understand you've worked with him. Oh yeah, that's right, who, who are you? And the thing is, now I don't have to sell myself because I'm in, because I've used the, I've leveraged the, the connection. So I'm validated by proxy now. And then, I'll, then, I'll, then I also want, as well as to leverage a mutual connection, uh, Jedi, I will also be using some kind of anecdote or, or win for other people. I've been helping Mike, John, by giving him a, a you know an increased presence online uh, for the past two years. Now there's a problem at the moment. There are people looking for X X services. I understand you serve you sell that. It just felt courteous to come to you first to see if you might be able to help out. Is this something that you know we could explore for two seconds? And I'm always like, wow, yeah, of course. And what they're thinking isn't I'm interested in you. It's I'm interested in what my friend Mike does. You see what I mean? So, so if you if you leverage a mutual connection, you're always winning because people buy into the social um, uh, a social connection. So if if you have a bunch of friends and there's some new guy you don't know, but they're all friends with everyone who's friends with you, well, by extension, they're probably a good guy. You you lean in, you warm to that person because you know that's someone who's part of your group, um, even even if you didn't know them to start with. So that's a really important way to kind of look at it. Um, and and look on Facebook, it's just what I said earlier, right? It's it's voice memos, you can't miss. Use voice memos and the DMs to get people moving. It's just, it's fantastic. People are curious. What's this voice memo? It's massively unique because no one does it. And you beat out every time text, every time. Because what happens is the subconscious glances and scans that text, if you write something, scans that text and makes a judgment call on whether or not the, to engage the conscious brain to actually read the thing. And so what happens is it says, I get this all the time. I, I get I get someone spam me something, and I, I don't even. It's something so nuanced I can't describe it. But there'll be things in there that historically are akin to spam or bots or waste of time, and my subconscious will be like, "That's spam. Don't even don't worry about that." And I won't have read it consciously. I don't know what it says, but there's something in me that's like it doesn't feel right. It's, it's a spam. Do you see what I mean? So it's important to to be clear that. There are, there are something with a voice memo is is massively unique. People don't have the judgment because they don't know what's behind the play button, so they have to check it out. They're the two things I really like at the moment. So um, certainly working with voice, and certainly if I am doing a call, leveraging a mutual connection makes life a lot easier. I'm looking for that as as my in, for instance. Um, let's see if there's any other comments here. But otherwise, thank you very much to those joining on um, LinkedIn, and uh, a lot of good banter on there. I love it. Um, have we answered all the questions? It looks like we have. One more here, Karen Cooper. Richard, how do you persuade without sounding salesy? 
Well, this is the question everyone wants answered, right? And, and, and I think we kind of we've been really clear already that if you have a strong relationship with someone, you don't have to sound salesy. If you feel you're starting to sound salesy, right, then you need to stop because that's not the way to go. It is a way to go, but it's not the optimal way to go, especially if you've got if you've got the opportunity of someone in front of you right now on the phone, you've got audience with them because they're active online, you're meeting them in person, and you're feeling like you're starting to go salesy, just don't, because it will turn them off. If you're sensing it, they're sensing it as well, and no one likes to be sold. The thing to understand is, it's as I said before, this has always been the case, but especially now, because people are sold to all day long in a multitude of different ways. People are really craving uh, someone who's just gonna be decent and normal. Take the long route in the sense that you're just gonna be normal with them. Persuasion stems from just being them being comfortable with you. Persuasion stems with a solid relationship and you know, and people are like, but how do you do that? It's, you know, do a modicum of research before you engage with a person, check them online. Everyone has a profile online of some form. Take that, learn a bit, and then ask them about that. Engage and let it organically flow to the, you saying, do you know what? I, I know I can help with that thing you just mentioned, actually. Would you like to explore further? That's how it looks. Not how can I help and all this kind of stuff. You know, just be as you would offline first. Focus on building a, you know, what would it be like if you met someone in the street? In real, in real life, and you didn't have to sell them something. You'd just be like, how's it going? And that's how it should be. If I jump onto a phone call with someone, even if it's a paid consulting call, it's, you know, it's like a little bit of small talk. How are you doing? How's the weekend been? Things like that. And it's just, you know, think about this, right? This is a business live stream. I'm streaming on LinkedIn, which is like, prince of live of, of business platforms what i'm not doing is wearing you know a suit and tie and laser pen and, and like presentations i'm just being normal right and the way the reason why that works is because people are like i i feel i get transparently i get the person i'm trying to engage with and from that they can make a call on whether or not they want to listen to you more and it makes life a lot easier to be normal <laughs> you know don't overthink it there's not magic words it's how you would be if you just met someone for the first time how are you doing and then ask them about themselves and get them talking about themselves and when they give you an answer to a question ask them another question based on that answer so probe and go deep on that point get them warmed up to talking to you and now it's a basis of strong persuasion because people are keen on what you have to say okay Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Glad that LinkedIn got his act together eventually. And uh, some really lovely comments in there as well. Um, Instagram, you'll be marvellous. Uh, if you're going to watch later on, if you miss this, uh, then the IGTV will be live. Of course, you can, you can see the archive of previous uh, episodes there as well. Cheerio, see you next time. And on Facebook, thank you very much for watching too. Remember, there is the podcast if you want to watch the, uh, the listen to the replay, maybe in your car or whatever. But thank you very much for um, listening on Facebook.